Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Faith is not positive thinking. I need to throw that out there. This is a big thing nowadays. It's not about positive thinking, right? Like, if I just think positively, then good things will happen. When I read the Bible, it actually talks about suffering happening to basically everybody. I'm sorry. I just, you know, going through the Bible in a year, it's been a good, uh, the chronological Bible that, you know, after Genesis, they went right into Job. You know, Job's world fell apart. Job's world didn't fall apart because he was thinking negatively. Faith is hearing God speak and responding to him with attitudes of dependence on him and actions of obedience to him. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't originate in our feelings or desires, but rather in what God has to say. As Pastor James continues his teaching series, he'll be explaining how true biblical faith isn't placing your hope in the amount of faith that you have, but in having hope in Jesus. Jesus said, all you need is the faith of a mustard seed and you can move mountains. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 as Pastor James continues his message, Heroes of the Faith, Context. Hebrews chapter 11 is just that, that little thing of like, look, you can make it. You can make it. You can make it to the end. You just got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Stay in the word of God because you should find great encouragement from the word of God to really to do that, to encourage us to continue on. Deal with sin. Deal with sin in your life. Don't play footsies with sin, right? Just deal with it. We even saw that in the Gospel of Mark, right? Jesus was telling the guys, like, look, just deal with it aggressively. If, if your right hand causes you to stumble, chop it off. Not literally. We understand that. Pluck out your eyeball. Cut off your foot. Like, take it seriously. Why? Because you have to make it. And it's better to hobble into heaven than to, like, cruise on into hell, right, is <laughs> kind of the idea there of, like, do whatever it takes because his, his sacrifice on the cross, the blood that was shed for you and I, is so precious. It's so precious. So this very first one, because we're not going to go too much into this, but we, we, showed, we saw the video. You kind of have an idea, but it says verse 3. This is the very first one, and this is all we're going to cover. By faith, okay, remember, we know what faith is because he defined it for us. So Or let me see verse 2. I do this all the time. I skip verses. Uh, Not on purpose. It's just on accident. Um, Verse 2, through their faith, this is the next, the list of characters we're going to go through, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Through their faith, through their faith in God, they earned a good reputation. Okay? So now we start the list. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that's a good word. That means you got to use your brain, okay? Because in order to understand and comprehend things, you actually have to use this beautiful thing nestled into that skull of yours. It's a brain. And he, the, the Bible says, by faith, now it takes both, faith and understanding. The two should go together, okay? There's uh, some guy, 
wrote a book. I believe his name is, uh, not Mc, yeah, Josh McDowell. Um, I was thinking of his son. Josh McDowell wrote this book, and I, th- I believe it was called Don't Check Your Brain at the Door. I think that's right. If I'm wrong, my bad. Um, it's a real book that's out there, okay? Uh, but, but essentially what the author is saying is, as Christians, God's given you a brain, so use it. <laughs> so use it. Faith is not just blind faith, okay? Faith is not just this, this act of like, I don't know. God said it. I believe it. There you go. That's fine to an extent. But he's also giving you a brain to investigate and to gain understanding concerning some of these concepts, such as creation. I believe, we're going to go to it in Genesis chapter 1. God said it, and it happened. I believe that wholeheartedly. Absolutely. But it also encourages me to dig deeper into of like, cool, what does that mean? I love that. I believe it. I love reading about it. The more I read about creation, the more excited I get about heaven. Okay? I just do. So we, we need this understanding. We need our minds. We need to engage our brains. It says by faith, though. It's faith with connection of understanding. And our understanding needs all the faith it can get. Okay? Because our understanding is very limited. I don't care how smart you are. But your understanding must be coupled with faith. Okay? It just has to be. Because if you can comprehend and understand all things about God, then your God is too small. Too small. That's where faith comes into play. Because there's going to be a lot of things about God and his word that we don't understand, and we probably will never understand. And we have to be okay with that. That, even that's, that may be a blow to our ego, which is probably necessary, because you're not that smart. Not as much as I, I'm not as smart as I think I am sometimes, okay? So I don't know what my IQ is. I don't even care what that is. I don't even know how you measure that, but it doesn't matter to me. We need faith. Our minds, as sharp as they are, as brilliant as we are, we need faith. It takes faith as well, okay? By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, meaning his, his spoken word, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Uh, ex nihilo, nihilo, right? That's uh, Latin for out of nothing. Out of nothing. He created everything out of nothing. Well, how is that possible? Well, that's where faith comes into play, doesn't it? <laughs> You're like, what? So this whole element of like a big bang and all that stuff, no, it's, that's a theory. And it's just that. It's a theory. And there's not a lot of weight to support that theory if you actually investigate it, you think about it. I mean, if that took, that's a miracle in and of itself. If the creation happened that way, you understand that that's a miracle in and of itself. Because you know not all the planets are rotating in the same direction, right? So if something was spinning super fast that was so small, well, that's matter, right? Where, where did matter? Because matter can't come from nothing unless God speaks it into existence. So where'd the matter come from that started spinning and got really hot and exploded and caused these huge planets that are more than what we think? There are, there are galaxies that are out there that, we, that are like massive. And even the own plan, our own planets in our solar system, they're, they're spinning at different rotations. So if it's going like this and everything shoots out, they'd all logically be spinning in the same direction, but they're not. Well, that takes a lot of faith to believe in that, right? I mean, it does. I don't believe in the Big Bang Theory. Um, I believe God spoke it into existence. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at his command. 
that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Um, and just one more thing about faith itself. Faith is not positive thinking. I need to throw that out there because this is a big thing nowadays. Um, it's not about positive thinking, right? Like, if I just think positively, then good things will happen. When I read the Bible, it actually talks about suffering happening to basically everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, you know, going through the Bible in a year, it's been a good, uh, the chronological Bible that, you know, after Genesis, they went right into Job. You know, Job's world fell apart. And Job's world didn't fall apart because he was thinking negatively. Job's world fell apart because Satan said, let me have access to Job. And God was the one who even brought it up. It was like, hey, have you considered Job? Like, what? No, don't say that. Please, Lord, no. Like, yeah, I don't, but Job... He was thinking positively. If you know the story, he was sacrificing daily on behalf of his sons and daughters in case they might have sinned against God. Beautiful story about a man who is devoted to God, doing everything right. See, he was a righteous man. The Bible even says that about him. He, Job was a righteous man. And bad things happened to Job. Really bad things happened to Job. Did it affect his thinking? Yeah. It did. Did he think negatively? Of course he did, because he's a human being. Did that make things worse? No. No, not necessarily. What was going to happen was going to happen, regardless of what he thought about it. Now, his attitude shifted and all that stuff. It's a beautiful story. I love the, the book of Job. I don't like reading through it, and I certainly don't like studying it. There's a reason I haven't taught through it yet. Because I have to live through some of these things when I'm teaching them. I don't hope you know that. Like, uh, I don't just get to like, show up and be like, hey, yeah, this is what it says. And uh, sometimes the Lord makes me walk through these stories. Okay? And so there's, I'm like, Job, I'm like, I could teach that later, right, Lord? Like, when are you coming back? Because um, it could be before then. Um, but look, he was, it is a beautiful story of a righteous man who suffered. He suffered. So it's not a thing of positive thinking or anything like that, but it, it's, it's hope that's based on certainty. That's what faith is, okay? Um, certain, in the certainties of the promises of God. So let's talk about this creation thing. Jump over to Genesis chapter 1, please. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to go through the entire book of Genesis. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're not. We're not even going to go through all this chapter. I just want to uh, pinpoint some stuff for us. I do want to preface this by saying, uh, this is from a quote uh, from a, a book that I've been reading through. I've read through this before. I, I consult this uh, several times, but uh, it's called Doctrine, What Christians Should Believe, and it's written by, hold on, Mark Driscoll. I know, right? You're like, boo. If you know who Mark Driscoll is, you're like, boo. Um, anyways, <laughs> Mars Hill. Uh, yeah, there was a big fallout with that church and this guy, and he sinned and all the good stuff, right? Whatever. Um, him and Gary Bashirs put together this book, which is really good, really good. What I appreciate about this book is when it comes to things such as creation, they bring all arguments into the equation, and they walk you through what each one means and what they're, where they're coming from, and they give their own opinion for sure, but it helps to create a bigger picture so you can see and you can understand where some of your friends may be coming from who don't believe in a literal creation, or even a six-day, literal 24-hour creation time period. Because there's a lot of Christians who don't believe that, which I don't know if you know that. A lot of Christians that don't believe that. There's more Christians who don't believe that than scientists who don't believe that. Isn't that crazy? That's kind of nuts. When I look at Genesis 1, I think like six literal days, 
24-hour periods. That's what I believe. Um, apparently, I'm in the minority, and so, but I don't really care, okay? This creation element of like how long it took and all that stuff is really an open-handed kind of issue, okay? This is an open-handed issue. And I know some people want to grab hold of this like this. I get that. I understand that. Did God speak everything into existence? Yes. Close-handed, close-fisted. Did God create it? Did he use evolution to create things? No. Close. He spoke it into existence. Now, could there be, is the earth old? I don't know. Is the earth young? I don't know. You know what? I don't really care. I don't care. Is it 6,000 years old? Because that's what all the guys say. That's what some of the guys say. There's a lot of guys who say it's, no, it's, it's actually older than that. It doesn't matter. Here's the deal. Genesis, I wrote this quote down from this book. Genesis is far more concerned with the questions of who made creation and why he made creation than exactly when he did. And so we mix it up. Even in the, this realm of like fighting for you know, all this good stuff, we miss the point of like, no, he, God made it. He made it. Why? Why would he make creation? Why would he invite us into that? That's a, it's a beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing when you think about it. So when did it happen? How long did it happen? It's not that big of a deal. It's a big deal, but it's not as big of a deal as what we make it out to be. I don't want anybody to, because I've been, I've been talked to before in the past, okay? Because I'm way too loose on this. I get it. Somebody pulled me aside from the church one time and said, hey, I don't, you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, that's cool. But the point of Genesis is this. God created everything, and he created us. Augustine said, the Bible is not a scientific textbook seeking to answer the ever-changing inquiries of science, but rather a theological textbook seeking to reveal God and the means by which he saves us. Do science and the Bible agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and I love that, I mean, the Bible talks about things that are, that are scientific. And even in science, um, there's discoveries that actually confirm what the Bible says. It's beautiful. It's, it's awesome. But this is not a scientific textbook. The point of the Bible is not, to show, is not to prove to you exactly when God created everything. The point of the Bible is to, is to really to show you that who created everything, why he did it, and more importantly, why he sent his son to die for you and I as sinners. So let's not lose sight of that. That makes Genesis chapter 1 all that much more special. It says, in the beginning, God created. The Hebrew word there is bara, out of nothing. That's what Hebrews chapter 11 says. He created this universe out of nothing. So the, word, the author of Hebrews, again, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is absolutely confirming what Genesis chapter 1 says. God created everything out of nothing. How? What, what, what was there when God was there? Well, it was God, it was Jesus, and it was the Holy Spirit. Triune God, perfect community, perfect harmony. They never needed us. They wanted us. They never needed an earth. They wanted to make earth. They never needed animals. They never needed angels. They wanted to make these things. That's, a, that's amazing. 
perfect harmony, perfect community. No sin, no rebellious people spitting in your face, more than willing to crucify you on a cross. But yet they wanted us. That's amazing. That's, that's incredible. It says he created the heavens and the earth. The video talked about that, like what those words mean within the Hebrew. It was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Right? And so there's like, again, we, I think we understand this to a certain degree, but this is going to show this, this creative act that God, and not just God the Father alone, but this, this also uh, signifies that he is a triune God. Um, you have within the story, I mean, I can, we can talk about this, but, you know, even the, um, the phrases for, uh, you know, it's El or it's Elohim, and Elohim is speaking of plurality. So it's speaking of God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, right? So that's, that's a plural term that's applied here within this text. Uh, we know from Colossians chapter one, yeah, one, where Jesus created all things, Okay? And he holds all things that has been created together, right? So we know that the, the triune God was absolutely active during the entire creation process. And how can a God, how can anybody create something out of nothing? Well, God can. You and I will never be able to do that. Okay? We will never be able to borrow anything. Never. Now, we can create out of something that already exists. We do that all the time. But we will never be able to create something out of nothing. Only God can do that. And that's kind of what makes him God. That kind of, that's one of those things that makes him all powerful. And that takes, well, faith on our part to, yeah, I believe that. I believe that. Where's your evidence for that? Well, I can point you to some evidences concerning that. But technically, we can't put a stamp of 100% approval on anything. Because it does take faith. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm actually okay with that. He makes, you know, and like the video, you know, it shows how it, you know, it started with day one and, you know, and, and, and just, you know, you got the light and the light separates from the darkness and, and there's day one and, and the, you know, the morning and the evening and for its first day. And then, you know, we walk through all these days of him creating all these things and within this order, speaking them into existence. And this is where... Uh, you know, within the church and, and even outside of the church, um, about 200 years ago, it's pretty recent, um, this idea came into play concerning like, well, let's define what these days mean, okay? Because the Hebrew word there, uh, yom, could technically mean for like an unspecific amount of time, right? So is it, is it using literal 24-hour days uh, or is it using like, ages. And you have this theory of like the age theory where God created this. And there's different theories out there. I won't bore you with these things. Um, I like reading about them. Um, but there's, there's different thoughts on this. But like a day could actually, you know, a day is in a thousand years. And a thousand years as, as, as a day. The Psalms tell us that concerning God. Um, could it be that? Like day one was thousands of years long. Well, uh, I'm going to say no. Um, I don't believe that that's the case. <laughs> Can't be dogmatic on that, but I'm going to say no. Um, that doesn't make sense if you read through the days and how things are created. Um, but whatever, whatever. Not, not that big of a deal. There's uh, some thoughts there concerning between verses 1 and 2, and the list in the, the creation was like, was that time period like billions of years? Because that's what a lot of people think. Um, that could be true. 
That, that could be true. We don't know. Because technically, when verses 1 and 2, if it's, you're going in a chronological order, um, time hasn't existed at that point. There's no, there's no sun, there's no moon, there's no day, there's no night. When God created the heavens and the earth, and everything was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters, technically, time hasn't been created yet. So could that have been a long time? Sure. Yes, could have been. Was this just a summary of what's about to happen? Probably. <laughs> I say all this stuff just so you know that like, there's a lot of thoughts that are out there concerning this. And really, ultimately, what matters the most is God spoke it, and it happened. And I believe that. And I believe that. But you may encounter some, some of your friends who think like, well, no, this, this earth, the age of this earth is, is, is old. Well, could God have created a mature earth? that looks like it's billions of years old? Yeah. How old was Adam when he made him? Well, he was only one day old, but he looked like a grown man. He didn't create an infant. He created him as a full-grown man. And he created Eve as a full-grown woman. Could he not have created the world as a full-grown world? Yeah, he could have done that. He could have done that. There's lots of stuff there. That's why I love reading about this stuff and love studying through it. Um, there's a lot of these series that I just absolutely don't agree with at all. Um, but I just, I can read through this. And, and every time I read through this story in Genesis chapter 1, and every time I read some of these series, here's what it makes me do. It makes me worship God. Because I'm like, man, God, you're brilliant. Because he didn't even tell us how long it took in that sense. Now, I believe when he's creating the stuff, day one, I mean, I think he's specific on that. I trust that he's very specific on that. And I believe in a six-day, literal six-day, 24-hour period creation. That's what I hold fast to. I believe that, okay? I could be wrong. I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? That's just what I hold fast to. Um, when I read through the scriptures, that's how I read the scriptures. Um, and I, I love it. And I look at that, and I'm like, why, why couldn't he do it that way? He's God. He could do it however he wants to. That doesn't matter that much. The fact is that he did it. And that's what's so awesome. That's what's so awesome. And I love that. I love that he, he spoke all these things into existence. And we know his word is so powerful. It, it not only creates, but we'll see at the very end of the book, it's with a word that he destroys. It's powerful. He's going to destroy his enemies. With what? That sword that comes out of his mouth. It's not a literal sword. It's the spoken word of God, rhema. It's the rhema. It's, that, it's the weapon. It's the only weapon you and I have from Ephesians chapter 6. The sword of the spirit, the rhema, the spoken word of God. That's technically what that means. That's why we don't carry swords with us, because we'd be criminals, right? We'd all be in jail, um, because Christians should, shouldn't carry swords, and that's not how you fight this spiritual battle. You fight it with the spoken word of God that he has blessed us with, and he's given to us. It's with his word that he created this universe, the world, and all that entails it. It's when he comes back on that white horse, he will speak a word, and enemies will be defeated it's the weapon that he gives you and I in the spiritual armor from Ephesians chapter 6. The spoken word of God. But it's by faith that we believe these things.
When you think about the heroes of faith, who pops into your mind? Abraham, surely, and that's probably quickly followed by Isaac and Jacob, just out of habit. Then we have Joseph and Moses and David. In this series, Pastor James Grizzle is telling the stories of the heroes of the faith, and you'll find all the regulars. But then there also is going to be one or two that you might not instantly think of. How often did you think of a prostitute when you were listing your heroes? The writer of Hebrews did. You've been listening to Bread for the Broken in a series that you just won't want to miss. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. For those of you that are in the area, we would love to see your face this Sunday. We meet every Sunday at 10 in the morning and every Thursday at 7 in the evening. We like to keep faith simple and uncomplicated. So if you're looking for that and a laid-back atmosphere, you'll be right at home with us. To find out more, head on over to breadforthebroken.com. Once again, that's breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, look around a little. You'll find our location, a bunch of archived messages, and a place to give to the ministry. We'd love to have you partner with us as we magnify the Lord Jesus together. For those of you that can't make it in person, don't worry. We live stream all of our services just for you. So find us on Facebook today. And with that, we've come to the end of our time together today. We're so glad that you decided to spend your day with us. See you next time, right here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man. I love that and give it